Let's uh, pray and ask for God's blessing this morning. Father, as we come before you this morning, may we be encouraged in Jesus Christ. Lord, I know many people are hurting, whether it's physically or in other ways. I pray that you would just give strength and comfort, encouragement to each one. Lord, for each one of us, as we examine our relationship with you, help us to be challenged in that. Help us to be challenged in our responsibility to be the love of Christ to the world around us. And Lord, as we are as we consider that, Lord, may your word be clear, and may we not just gain knowledge, but Lord, may we apply what we learn to be more like Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have, or Paul likes to use pictures of different people. He has soldiers. One of his favorite is athletes. And so we see an athlete, and and we have a picture of a a runner racing for the finish line. And Paul compares our walk with God as a race. A runner must look ahead to the finish line and put everything into the effort required to finish the race. So as we continue on in Philippians, we see that Paul is comparing our journey to this race. Previous verses, Paul, as we looked at in the last couple weeks, that uh, he saw us as an accountant that we're counting the cost of following Christ. Now here as we get to verses 12 through 16, we see Paul the athlete. He's pressing on to the finish line as he runs the race. Follow along as I read Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. In these verses, Paul is challenging us to basically do two things. One is, don't look back. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forget means to no longer be affected by something. But we often focus on the past. Now there's a couple reasons that that we may look back. Sometimes we look back to consider past failures. Paul had reminded them that Christ had laid hold of them in verse 12. He has paid the price for our sins. He is the one who has paid the price, covered the cost, paid the penalty for our sins. And so oftentimes people, they'll look back and they say, you know, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of God's love. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
God is the one who has a love that's an unconditional love. No matter what we've done, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been, God loves us. And if you shared the uh, shared Christ with others and, and challenged them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, you may have come across someone and said, well, I can't. I, I can't accept God's love because He couldn't love me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've been. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. But people look back at those past failures and they say, you know, I'm not worthy of God's love. Or maybe you've trusted Christ as your Savior. There's been a time in your life when you've prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, but, but you've messed up. And you say, you know, God can't love me. You remember when Peter was talking with Jesus? And Peter said, so how many times should I forgive? And then Peter was pretty proud of himself. He said, should I give seven time, forgive seven times? And, and the Jewish law was that you would forgive someone for the same offense three times. And so Peter was like, I'm doubling that plus one. And Jesus said, no, you should forgive 70 times seven. And by the way, if you're counting up to 490, you're probably not forgiving. But we think that God can't forgive us, or we've messed up so many times. But God's love is unconditional. It's not based upon who we are or what we've done. It's based upon who He is and His character. And so when Paul says, I have not attained, he recognized his many failures in life. He recognized he's, by, he's far from perfect but he knew that Christ had reached out to him. And so we, we don't look back and look at our failures, whether we don't feel God could even save us, or we say, well, yes, I'm saved, but I continue to mess up, and, and God just sort of like, oh boy, he's doing it again. But God says no. My love is unconditional. He says that He separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. And think about that. Why did He say east and west? Because you can go east and never go west. You can go west and never go east. And so they are separated by eternity. You know, I can go north and eventually go south when I hit the North Pole. But I can go west and make it to Townsend. It'll just take me a little longer than if I determined to go east to get there. So we see that God separates our sin from us when we ask His forgiveness. We call that salvation. A relationship with Jesus Christ. But as followers of Christ, when we mess up, we still see God's love. And when we look back and say, oh, I've messed up and I'm not worth it, God says, no, you are worth the world to me. And we look back and consider past failures and Paul says, don't do that. Christ has a hold of you. But also we 
look back and consider past accomplishments. And that's really the emphasis of Paul in this passage. Because if you remember a couple weeks ago, Paul shared his resume as a Jew. He was, you know, of the tribe of Benjamin. And not only that, he was a Pharisee. He was the creme de la creme of the Jewish people, of the religious leaders. He was, he was on the upper crust top layer, but yet he recognized that his accomplishments could do nothing in his relationship with God, and it all changed when he met Jesus Christ. Paul met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He was actually going there to persecute Christ followers. He was going there, and and Paul had been one who had put them in prison, and even had seen them killed. But yet, Paul met Jesus Christ and his life changed. And if you remember from last week, he said that all the accomplishments, the things that I have done are like rubbish or garbage in comparison to Jesus Christ. Everything else in this world does not compare to Jesus Christ. So in verse 12, he begins by saying, I haven't attained perfection. I have attempted to succeed on my own, but without Christ, I have no hope. If you're here today and you're trusting your accomplishments to earn salvation, just like Paul recognized, you need to recognize that you won't make it. You won't win. You must recognize that Jesus Christ is your only hope. Instead of looking back, though, Paul tells us that we are to look forward. We're to look ahead. It says, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, he presses toward the goal. Paul Paul twice uses this term press or press on. It's the idea of an intense endeavor. It is to be the focus of what we do. Paul uses the term, this one thing. It is the one thing. It is to be our focus in life. To honor God in the way we live. And we do that by following Him, by showing His love to the world around us, to make a difference in the world, to have an influence in the world in which we live. To show God's love as we love Him and love others. It needs to be our focus. But it's easy to be distracted, isn't it? And every single one of us struggles with this. There's so many things going on that we lose our priorities. We lose what needs to be our focus in life. Paul says that we need to look ahead, to focus on the goal. But boy, it's easy to be distracted. I remember in in high school, my senior year, we had homecoming weekend. And we had all kinds of activities during homecoming weekend. and, And I'm sure if you 
had a homecoming weekend, you probably remember some of these things. And I went to a pretty small school, and so the whole town sort of shut down. We had the homecoming football game, the homecoming parade. We had the homecoming dance, all these different things that, that took place. And, and uh, so we decided that year that we were going to have the Belgrade Invitational cross-country meet on homecoming weekend. And, uh, you know, just one more thing. Now, it didn't quite have the draw that the homecoming football game had. I don't know why, but it didn't. But they decided that the cross-country team wasn't quite getting the notoriety that it deserved, the, the attention that it deserved. And so they decided they were going to try to have the Belgrade Invitational and, and uh, have it then and, and encourage people to come. And they even had the cheerleaders come cross-country meet. By the way, if you're involved in that's dumb. <laughs> you know, they, they tried to come up with a couple cheers. You know, run, John, run. Okay, let's go. It's not quite the same as cheerleading in a football game or a basketball game. But they tried it, and I appreciated their effort. But, but it, these people were there, and we were to be focused on the race. But guess what? We were focused on all kinds of other things. And it was, we didn't do very well. Why? Because we were distracted from the goal. And those distractions were well-meaning, but they kept us from focusing on what we needed to focus on. And in our lives, we see all these other things that, that come in, and many times good things. But yet, if they keep us from our main focus, then we're missing out. And so Paul's saying, listen, I haven't attained. There's so many mistakes I've made in my past, but I know Christ has a hold of me. And this one thing I do, this priority in my life, this focus that I need to strive for is honoring Him in the way I live. If I'm a Christ follower, my life needs to reflect His love. I need to live a life that honors Him. Am I going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But, I'm going to press on to the goal. The prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. And you know, another way that we lose our focus is we rest on our laurels. You know, Paul was reaching forward, straining every muscle to the finish line. But, but oftentimes we, we consider the Christian life somewhat like we consider our occupation. I'm just looking forward to retirement. Right? You ever hear anybody say that? They say that, they might want to consider what their occupation is. But also, we oftentimes think in our, our walk with Christ, we're sort of there too. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've done that before. I was busy. I served. I did this. I did that. And, 
And I'm just, it's time for me to kick back. It's time for me just to sort of relax. And you know, as you get older, there may be some things that you don't do that you did before, but you never retire from serving God. And oftentimes, I think we can say, well, you know, I, <laughs> I did my time. God doesn't want us to do that. We need to be diligent in serving Him for our entire life. And what about Paul? He was sharing this, talking about reaching forward, talking about pressing on, writing from a prison, not knowing how much longer he was going to live. And he said, you can't coast to the finish line. And I thought about showing this up, up on the screen, but I decided not to. But if you, uh, if you Google this, you know, uh, coasting at the end of a race, it was either 2015 or 2017 in the, well, at that time it was the Pac-10, yeah, maybe it was back 12 by then. They, they showed this race, and, and this runner from Oregon is coming up to the finish line, and, and he, he's ahead. He thinks he's a long way ahead. And he starts to wave to the crowd, and a runner from Washington passes him at the last second and wins the race. And what was this guy? Hey, look at me. Yeah, you know. And he heard the people cheering. He didn't realize they were cheering for the guy coming up behind him. But Paul says, listen, don't quit. Don't stop. You can't let up before the finish line. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, we see Paul writing and this at this point in second timothy he is just about ready to be executed and he knows he is because he was martyred for the faith he was martyred for being a follower of jesus christ but check out what he says in verses six through eight of second timothy four he says for i am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand in other words he says i'm gonna die i have fought the good fight I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but, to all, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What's Paul saying? He said, listen, I know. I'm getting ready to be executed. But I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And so as we consider what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, as we consider what it means to serve Him, we must recognize that it's, it's not something that we can just sort of relax and coast. It's something that we need to finish strong. We need to work hard. Not for the accolades of others, but for the glory of God. And to impact the world around us for Him. 
to shed his, or share his love for the world that needs to see that love and to recognize that concern and to finish the race. And so then he goes on in verses 15 and 16, and, and he concludes the section, and he says this. He says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if, anyone, er, any, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now, that may sound a little strange. So, if you are mature, you're going to have this mindset. If you are mature, you are going to recognize that you don't look back, you look ahead. That you press on. And if you don't have that mindset, two things are going to happen. First of all is you are going to be immature. And secondly, God's going to get your attention. God will reveal it to you. And then he goes on in verse 16 and he says, Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. It's sort of like the runner and they, they have their lane that they need to run in. And if they get out of that lane, they're going to be disqualified from the race. They're going to mess up. And uh, I know we, uh, I used to be involved in this uh, elementary school track meet. And it was hilarious trying to get these little kids to run and stay in their lane. And, and and I mean, so you'd sit there and you'd line up, and there was a group of them, and you know, and, and we, uh, we had a few of us volunteer, and they had some teachers there, and, and you know, so they're trying to teach these little first and second graders to stay in their lane. And I remember multiple times, but I remember one kid especially, he started in lane two, if you're familiar with the track, and he ended up, and it was the well, 100 meter dash, and uh, he ended up in about lane seven. Because <laughs> he just sort of went, ooh. And that's sort of what we can do in our Christian walk too. We just sort of wander all over. But God says, focus on what's ahead. This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on towards the goal. And what is the goal? The goal is to honor Jesus Christ in the way I live. That is what we're called to do. And we must be faithful in honoring God. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, may we be encouraged in Jesus Christ. May we be challenged in our relationship with you. Lord, may we be faithful in serving you. May we impact the world around us as we demonstrate your love, as we honor you in the way we live, Lord, may you be glorified in us and may we press on to the finish line. Recognizing that things in our past, whether they're failures or accomplishment, are nothing in comparison to focusing on the goal of serving you.
Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.